What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully um, help you to become a saint in my responses to your questions. Um, here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions per episode dealing with anything from morality to spirituality, prayer, evangelization, discipleship, catechesis, apologetics, dogma, whatever it is, the list can go on. I would spend time with your questions, study, pray, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But here is my disclaimer. I'm not perfect. Therefore, every now and then the advice that I give to you might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to become a saint. Um, however, if my advice is helpful though difficult, then I want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ crucified in the sacred scriptures and the sacraments in the community so that God can give you the graces that you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship and become the saint that you are called to be. Uh, again, before we dive into our questions today, uh, the new announcement uh, is still going on. Uh, we have a new process for you, the listeners, to submit your questions. Uh, so moving forward, if you want to submit a question for the podcast, please fill out a form on my podcast page at ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. That's ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. You spell out the word ask, spell out the word father, spell out the word josh, A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R, josh. You can find the link to the form in the description of this episode and all episodes in the future. Uh, this new way of submitting your questions will help me to um, better organize your questions so that you can be a part of our process and have your questions answered a lot sooner than, than later. Um, also, please review us and rate us on iTunes and other podcast formats that helps other people find out about the show. If it's a gift for you, potentially it can become a gift for other people. You can also share us on your social media pages. That also helps other people to find out about the show. If you want to stay connected with me, you can order my books, Broken and Blessed, and Pocket Guide to Adoration at AscensionPress.com. And you can worship God with me every Sunday at 7 o'clock a.m. Central, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time on the Ascension Facebook page. On today's show, we are going to talk about the Trinity. Uh, we're going to talk about embracing the cross and how to to spiritually walk well with our, our spouses, our boyfriends, our girlfriends, people that we're dating? How do we have a healthy, holy relationship and, and lead them toward eternity before we enter into the sacrament of matrimony? But before we get into those awesome topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this. this. This past weekend, I was able to watch the movie Fatima. Y'all, that movie was so good. Um, it really, I thought that the, and this is not like a movie review channel, but I mean, I did, I thought the acting was great. I thought the storytelling was great. I thought the cinematography was great. I I love the fact that they emphasized in our Blessed Mother's apparition how she not only encouraged the children to pray, the rosary, which we are all invited by our mother to pray daily. Every time Mama Mary appears, Mama Mary always asks us to pray the rosary, specifically the rosary. So I think that we need to honor our mother by doing that. But also she emphasized in her messages to the children of Fatima that they were invited by heaven to do penances, to do penances, to offer up penances for the conversion of sinners. And so 
Uh, it was just a, a beautiful movie to watch. I was inspired at the end of the movie. I was motivated um, to to pray the rosary after watching it and, and to um, renew my desire to and my commitment to to fasting and to offering up penances, not only for my conversion, but for the conversion of other people in our land um, and, and, and for, the, for, for, for the conversion of people in the future as well. I remember whenever Jacinta and Francesco um, united their sufferings to Jesus Christ crucified, uh, he applied their sufferings um, to St. John Paul the Great who wasn't even born until 1919 and wasn't even Pope until 1979 and wasn't even shot until 1981. And so, yeah, it was just a beautiful reminder for me uh, through this film. It was a reminder for me of, of my need to be committed to proclaiming this message of, of prayer and penance, prayer and penance, prayer and penance. And so uh, I've been, uh, by the grace of God, I've been, I've been doing that these past few days and I've been I've been living it as well. And so uh, this movie was a near occasion of grace for me. It was a near occasion of grace. It helped me to uh, just to grow in my discipleship of Jesus Christ, to mature in my relationship with the Blessed Mother and my desire for the salvation of all souls, all people. Yeah. So before we get into the show, I also have some feedback. Feedback comes in from Veronica, the veil of Christ. Uh, Veronica says this, good afternoon, Father Josh. I recently discovered your podcast during the pandemic. And I thank God. I have shared your podcast with my two sisters, and they're thankful as well. I wanted to comment on your most recent podcast regarding sacraments being valid and what makes sacraments valid. In regards to confession, it reminded me of a time when I went to confession. After confession was over, I left and headed home. While on my way home, I could tell that someone was flashing their lights and honking their horn behind me. I was confused, to say the least. But as I looked closer into my rearview mirror, I could tell it was the priest I had just finished confession with. I pulled over and he parked behind me and got out of his car and came to my car window. Seeming out of breath, he told me he had not absolved me of my sins and he needed to say the final prayer. There we were on the side of a busy road. The priest was placing his hands over me through my car window as I sat parked and head bowed, receiving the absolution of my sins as he said the words, I absolve you of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. At that moment, I didn't even realize that he hadn't said the final prayer. I was much younger at the time and had not uh, grown in my faith as I am now. But I do remember feeling blessed that he made the priest uh, aware of his omission and that he compelled him to follow me and find me. I just wanted to share one of my glory stories with you that you helped me to remember through your podcast. God bless you and thank you for all that you do. I'm convinced that you are on your way to becoming a saint. And I truly believe that you are helping others become saints as well, Veronica. Ah, oh, Veronica, thank you so much. Uh, pray for me to become a saint. Fast for me to become a saint. Do penance for me to become a saint. I desire nothing more than to be with Jesus forever. And, uh, and I got a lot of room to, uh, to grow in my walk toward eternity. There's a lot of maturation that needs to happen in my heart in my mind, in my life, in my priesthood. And so the Lord is certainly purifying me and transforming me every day. But I am going to count on people like you in the body of Christ who can help me, who can help me to abide. And I'm so grateful for that priest to, to uh, follow you so that he could give you absolution, right? What a beautiful gift of his priesthood, of his paternity. Uh, that's a beautiful, awesome, glorious story. Now, let's go ahead and, uh, and get into the topics of the day.
right, first question comes in from Manny. Manny writes about this spiritual leadership in dating. Uh, hey, Father Josh, I pray that this message finds you well. Prayers going to everyone affected by Hurricane Laura. I was struck by your episode on raising saints and godly families. As of now, I'm discerning marriage with my girlfriend of two years. We are both cradle Catholics and are trying to keep Christ at the center of our relationship. Though we are a long distance for much of the, the year with school, we keep each other in prayer and pray together over scripture when we can. What advice do you have for young men in becoming spiritual leaders in their relationships and ultimately families? How else should a couple grow in holiness while being long distant? Thank you so much, Father Josh. I will continue to pray with you and for you until we meet in this life or in the next with God in heaven. Pax Christi, Manny. Yeah, Manny. Oh, man, what a great question. Praise God that you and your girlfriend are already praying together and, and you desire to be spiritual um, a spiritual leader and you desire as a couple to have a holy family. Uh, so I think that it's really important like you're doing right now to to be holy in the present moment. I think sometimes people wait for the sacrament to start doing certain acts with each other, um, holy acts of penances and prayers with each other. Uh, grace builds on nature and grace perfects nature. So when I was in seminary, the rector used to always say as a seminarian, as a priest, if you're not praying the liturgy of the hours now, five times a day as a seminarian, you're not going to get ordained and all of a sudden have the grace to be faithful to praying the liturgy of the hours five times a day. If you're not already um, practicing an hour of, of, of intimate prayer with Jesus before the Blessed Sacrament as a seminarian, you're not going to get ordained and all of a sudden like have the desire to start spending an hour with Jesus every day in the Eucharist. Um, if, if you're not fasting as a seminarian, you're probably not going to fast as a priest. If you're not going out of yourself to empty yourself for people in your community in the seminary, then you're probably not going to go out of yourself and empty yourself for people in your parish as well. So as a seminarian, as a priest, and I say the same thing as a couple, who's dating, um, as an engaged couple, as a married couple, right? If you're not already praying now, you're not going to get the sacrament of marriage and receive that, that grace from God and all of a sudden wake up the next day and say, oh, like, hey, let's start praying for each other. Let's start fasting for each other. Let's start praying together. Uh, no, like grace builds on and perfects nature. So I think, number one, you're already on the right road by praying with each other over the phone. I think that um, as, a, as a man who wants to be the spiritual leader of his family, uh, which is a beautiful desire, then the person the person to look to is St. Joseph. Uh, what a beautiful gift he is to our church. What a, what a husband, what a father he was to Jesus, what a spouse he was to Mary. St. Joseph he uh, he first and foremost he provided he provided for for Jesus he provided for Mary so it'd be good for you to focus on what are some ways now as as a boyfriend you can provide opportunities for your girlfriend to grow cl closer to God are there resources that you could purchase for her apps that you can share with her that can help her to grow in virtue that can help her to fall more in love with Jesus Christ how can you provide opportunities for her to grow deeper in her relationship with God, because the point of marriage is for you to be a bridge for her to get to God, to become a saint. Uh, number two, uh, another P is uh, to protect her dignity. Whenever you are together, to avoid the near occasion of sin, to protect her, um, to, to not objectify her, to not to not in any way, shape, or form be a near occasion of sin for her, but to always be a near occasion of grace, um, to protect her in the way you speak about her to other people, to protect her through your prayers that you offer for her, that for the penances that you can do for her now as her boyfriend on Wednesdays and or Fridays, to, to protect her whenever you're together. So you provide opportunities for her to grow. You protect her dignity whenever you are together and while you are away from her, uh, to be present to her. 
to be totally present to her whenever you're in her midst, right? So like put the cell phone away whenever y'all are able to be together. Give her your undivided attention. I think that the way that you can grow in your ability to be present to her is by being present to God in prayer. The way that we pray affects the way that we live. And so if you can be present to the face of God in prayer, uh, be attentive to his voice, uh, gaze upon his face, then you can be attentive to her voice, her who is the body of Christ, who is the face of Christ um, in your relationship. And then finally pray. Pray for her uh, and pray for your relationship. Ask the saints to intercede for you and your angels to minister to both of you while you're awake and when you are asleep um, so that uh, you can grow in holiness together so that you could both be near occasions of grace for each other to abide in relationship with Jesus Christ in your walk toward eternity. Because that's the goal. The goal is to abide in relationship with God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit together on earth as it is in heaven. So, Manny, let me know if that was helpful for you. Uh, hit me up on my podcast page, ask Father Josh at EssentialPress.com. You can shoot an email there or just go to the podcast page and uh, send in your comments, your follow-up messages, your critiques, if you have any, so we could keep the conversation going. You could go to EssentialPress.com slash Josh to continue the dialogue uh, for us to share with each other in our walk toward abiding in Holy Communion with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Speaking of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, how do we explain the Trinity is our next question coming in from Adesua. Uh, I believe that's how I say your name. Correct me if I'm wrong by hitting me up in my comment section on the page. So Adesua writes this. Good day, Father Josh. I really love your podcast. As a young Catholic, it is really refreshing and inspiring to listen to your podcast, especially because you talk about topics which are trending in our time. I have a question that I want to ask, and I would love it if you can speak about it in your podcast. For a while now, I've been trying to understand the concept of the Trinity. Whenever I ask anyone, they always say it's a mystery or they use the common example of how a person could be a mother, a sister, and a wife. How the sun radiates light and shines and gives off heat. But I need a concrete explanation. I have many Muslim friends and I realize that when they ask me how I can believe that God is three persons, I honestly have no way of defending myself out of sewer. So... Uh, I think the first thing is to like address the common thing that many people say to you, um, which is modalism is a heresy. Uh, so that the analogy of of the sister and the wife and the mother is the the heresy of modalism, which is a false belief that God is uh, one person who has revealed himself in three forms or three modes. So I would say if someone ever told you that, that like the reason why the Muslims are rejecting that is probably because uh, they're like, because they're, they're made in the image of God, and they're probably like, wait a minute, something don't sound right with that. What don't sound right with that is it's, it's, it's a heresy. <laughs> now, since Muslims don't believe in our that our Bible is the inspired word of God, since they don't believe that our Bible is infallible, um, then I think that it would be helpful for us to to look at the Trinity, um, I guess, through the, the lens of, of, of philosophy, and I guess, in just reason, and try to explain it without going to all the biblical texts. Because again, Muslims, they don't believe our Bible is inspired. So why am I going to spend time going through Genesis and the and the Gospel of John and First John, all, all that like stuff right there, right? Which, again, the Word of God is inspired, it's infallible, but if they don't believe it, how can you have this conversation with them? I think that one way that you can potentially engage in this conversation is to, to acknowledge that there's one nature in God, one nature of God, that there are two per processions, three persons, <laughs> uh, and four relations that constitute the Blessed Trinity for us, okay? Uh, so the Son, the Son proceeds from the Father, and the Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. These are the two 
processions in God. So there's one nature, one nature in God. There's, but then again, going back to it, there's two processions. The Son proceeds from the Father. Holy Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son. All right. uh, these are, are foundational for us to understand. There are three persons. So one nature, two processions, three persons. Um, and, then, and then the four uh, relations are this, that the Father actively and eternally generates the Son which constitutes the person of God, the Father. Son, Jesus, is passively generated of the Father, which constitutes the person of the Son. The Father and the Son actively spirate the Holy Spirit in the one relation within the inner life of God. Uh, that does not constitute a person. It does, it does not do so because Father and Son are already constituted as persons, right, in relation to each other. That's why the Catechism says that the second person of the Blessed Trinity is Son only in relationship to the Father. And the Holy Spirit is passively spirated of the Father and the Son, constituting the person of the Holy Spirit. So that's what we believe about the Blessed Trinity. <laughs> Let me know if that was helpful for you. <laughs> Hit me up at askfatherjosh at ascensionpress.com or go on our Ascension uh, press page ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh spell out ask a-s-k-f-a-t-h-e-r-j-o-s-h askfatherjosh so that you can hit me up with more comments questions and critiques all right and now we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we would dive into our final question we all know no surprise we are facing a crisis in marriage and family life in our world today but the holy spirit grants the church what she needs when she needs it and the great gift given to the church today to respond to this crisis, without a doubt, is St. John Paul II's glorious vision of life and love called the theology of the body. Of course, anyone familiar with this beautiful theological vision knows that this needs to be translated in such a way that today's engaged couples can receive it, embrace it, and live it out in their lives. That's the gift of the Joy-Filled Marriage Program. Whether you're familiar with the Joy-Filled Marriage Program or you're new to it, you'll be glad to know this program has been updated and given a fresh approach specifically with today's couples in mind. Not only do we unfold this glorious vision for them, but we also give them practical tools to live it in their lives. Here's what you get with the Joy-Filled Marriage Program. Beautifully designed written materials for both leaders and couples and short, compelling cinematic videos featuring experts and witness couples that do the heavy lifting for you in addressing some of the more difficult and sensitive issues. 94% of the couples say this program improved their relationship with the church and their understanding of church teaching. And 97% of the couples say this program improved their relationship with God. What do these statistics tell us? It's not that these couples have heard an authentic vision of Catholic teaching and rejected it. Rather, the large majority of them simply haven't heard the church's teaching presented to them in a beautiful, compelling, and life-changing way. But when they do, they're open to it. They take it in, and it really changes lives. If that's what you want, the Joy-Filled Marriage Program delivers.
And we're back. Just a quick reminder, you can go to our new webpage, ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh, uh, to hit me up with your questions, comments, and critiques. And if you're feeling fancy, you can also hit us up with a voice note that we'll, we will play on a future show. Uh, don't forget, if you want to stay connected with me, you can order my books, Broken and Blessed, and Pocket God Adoration through ascensionpress.com. And you can worship God with me at the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass every single Sunday at 7 o'clock a.m. Central Time, 8 o'clock a.m. Eastern Time. Every now and then, my associate pastor, Father Joseph Fu, will be celebrating that Mass. Uh, but we pretty much do it every other week. So if you don't catch me this week, you will catch me the following week. Last question comes in from Alex. Alex says this, hey, Father Josh, I uh, was wondering if you could explain the idea of redemptive suffering. I know that as Catholics, we are called to embrace the cross and our sufferings. However, I don't understand how I can practically imitate Christ in this area because I find it so humanly hard to embrace suffering. I know many of the saints loved to suffer for Jesus and even asked for suffering, while I usually just ask for God's blessings. <laughs> I don't understand how the saints rejoiced in suffering. How's my suffering redemptive? How does it exactly console Jesus on the cross since the crucifixion? already happened how can i learn to embrace the cross thank you so much for all that you do for the church that's a great question you know it's not ever going to be easy to suffer suffering won't ever feel good however we are invited as disciples of jesus christ to pick up our cross and follow jesus to deny ourselves to empty ourselves to pick up our, our crosses and follow the lord jesus christ to jerusalem on earth and ultimately to heaven and our walk toward eternity um, so today uh, that I'm recording this podcast, it's, it's Wednesday. The show airs on Thursday, but I'm recording on a Wednesday morning. And today is the, the feast day of St. Peter Claver. And so the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops have asked all of us to participate in a day of prayer and fasting uh, to end racism. And so I have been um, fasting um, today, and I'm going to continue to fast and, and pray for this intention. Um, but last night I became aware of, um, of a member of the body of Christ, who a priest, who came out with a, a, a video saying some pretty dangerous things, some pretty harmful things. Uh, and and I, my heart was, first of all, I just, just hurt because I was so concerned about how his words can affect the body of Christ and, and can confuse the body of Christ and could be used by the enemy. And so I said, you know what, Lord, as I pray and fast today to, to end racism, I'm going to apply my prayers and my fasting specifically for this priest who you love so much who you desire to become a saint, who I don't know personally, who I've never met, but I love as well because I want him to be a saint. And so I'm going to fast for him, Lord. And the moment I decided that I was going to fast for this priest and spend my day praying for him uh, because of the ways in which his words can confuse people with regards to the topic of racism, I received the most painful migraine ever. I mean, like, I, I, look, uh, I don't like suffering. I don't like it. You know, uh, it doesn't feel good. And I began to just suffer. I, it hurt so bad. It hurt so bad. But I recognized that the, the migraine began the moment I was praying before the Eucharist and said, Lord, I'm going to offer up this fast for him, for the conversion of this priest, for him to be able to think with the mind of Christ and feel with the heart, the sacred heart of Christ to speak with the voice of Christ and to not confuse your people. Um, and so I began to, to, to apply this to him that last night. And I mean, oh, I mean, the, the suffering was so intense. But though I didn't feel good, I united it, it to Jesus Christ crucified. I, I made up for what's lacking in the body of Christ. St. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 24. 
Now I, Paul, rejoice in my sufferings for your sake, and in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, his church. To be clear, there's nothing insufficient about the death of Christ, about his redemption. But what Paul is saying is that because we are members of the body of Christ and we are incorporated to the body of Christ, the church, this means that our suffering can be united to Jesus Christ to help other members of the body of Jesus Christ. And so even though it doesn't feel good, we're still invited to rejoice in it. So like I began to rejoice last night for my migraine. Not that I didn't pop a couple Advils for the headache to go away in God's will and time, but I rejoiced because I knew that God was going to use my suffering that I united to the cross for the good of this other priest. And so, yeah, it's not, it's not going to feel good. I don't think that St. Paul felt good when he was suffering. I don't think Jesus Christ felt good when he was being crucified. However, we rejoice in it because we know the good work that God can use and do through our sufferings for the good of the entire body of Christ, the church. So that's what it means to rejoice in our suffering. And so um, whenever you experience pain and suffering, you don't have to go out and find crosses. They will come to you. The migraine came to me whenever I said I was going to fast and pray for this person. The suffering came to me. What I did in return was I offered it for this person's salvation, for this person's conversion, for this person's transformation, so that this person can become a holy priest who thinks with the mind of Christ, speaks with the voice of Christ, and and fills with the heart of Christ. And so you can do the same thing. So again, um, I think that that's a, a basic way to break down redemptive suffering is that as members of the body of Christ, we're invited to imitate Jesus Christ crucified. We're we're given the, the the grace to not only imitate Jesus Christ, the, the miracle worker, Jesus Christ who walks on water and who prays for healing and who preached the gospel, but Jesus Christ who suffers on the cross. We pick up our cross and we suffer with him. So uh, that's, that's what I would say to you, my brother. So let's go ahead and pray right now in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, give us the graces that we need to suffer with you well, to join you, to be united with you on the cross for the salvation of souls, for our own conversion. Give us the grace to offer up penances, penances for our sins and for the sins of other people, for the conversion of our brothers and sisters, for the conversion of other nations, so that all people can come to to know, love, and serve you in our walk toward eternity. We ask this prayer, Father God, through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. St. Peter Claver, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.